0: So, oh, Lord, I say, how can I be a game changer? Because that's what I want to be. I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the answer, part of the solution. I want to be that person that sees the needs and feels it, that finds the hurt and heals it. That's what I want to do. And that should be your statement also, that you want to feel the need. And if someone's hurting, bring healing into their hurt. I want to be that person that if I see a problem, I don't want to add to the problem, but I want to bring about a solution so I can be of assistance. Not resistance, but assistance. Many people know sometimes when we want to assist, we start resisting. But today that changes. Our mindset changes. We will see a problem. We will bring about an answer. You say, well, how can I do this? Well, number one, you have to listen to what God says and what God wants. For too long, we're doing what we want to do, not realizing God has a plan for our lives. And let me say this. Church has gotten backwards. We think it's about us. Well, surely it's about us, Bishop. It's about God. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. We think it's about just coming in here and hearing music. And I think the Lord has allowed us to walk through some of the things we've walked through in the last six or seven or eight months where we've had, we've using our screens for music where our time when we had a hundred musicians on stage or a hundred with choir and all, we had it all here. And I'm thinking God's saying, you know what? Enough is enough. It's about, not about your music. It's about the word of God. Because I'm going to tell you, when I start to die, I don't care about the music. I want the word of God to be with me. I want the word of God to be inside of me because it's the word that's going to take me from this dimension to the next. Are y'all with me on this? And I think we've gotten backwards and confused on what the Lord really wants. And I'm saying, God, today, what do you want? And he took me to Genesis 1 through three and taught about our patriarch, Abraham. At that time, it was Abram. Scriptures we've read so many times. You ought to memorize them. Genesis 12, one through th- three. Now the Lord said to, unto Abram, get thee out of thy country. What do you want? God, what are you wanting? Obviously with Abraham, he said, I want you to get out. Get out of your country and from your family, kindred, and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. I'm going to show you where to go. What do you want? And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make make thy name great. And you you shall be a blessing. See, when God gets involved in your life, you will be a blessing to others. And I will bless them that bless you, curse them that curse you. And in thee, in you, shall all families of the earth be blessed. So what are you saying? Sometimes you have to get out to get in. What does God want? He's saying to him, you got to get out to get in. Into what? Into position for change. Sometimes you got to get out to get in to get in the right position. Get out of what? Well, let me name a few things we might need to get out of. The same old lifestyle. Quit taking your old lifestyle into the new walk with Jesus Christ. Don't take your old lifestyle into the walk of the Spirit. Your old lifestyle, it meaning the unhappiness that you felt, the, the disappointments that you felt. You need to get out of that. God said, get out, just like He did to Abraham. He got comfortable where he was and God knew he could not use him till he got him out. So it requires certain things. An old lifestyle has to change. Your old attitudes have to change. Things that used to press your buttons can't press your buttons anymore. How many people have buttons that can be pressed? But those buttons don't need to be pressed anymore because you are a representative of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're a representative of the kingdom of Almighty God. And it's not a kingdom that's coming. It's a kingdom that's here with us. Jesus said, it's in your midst. God help me. So our attitude has to change. Our, our, I like this morning hit me kind of hard. I got up early this morning. Our same old life, our same old life draining surroundings. Let me say it again. Our same old life draining. How many people know certain things drain you? How many have friends that drain you? Oh, here we go. How many have family that drains you? How many have relationships that drain you? You have to understand when the Lord dealt with me about that this morning, there are things in your surroundings and your environment, you need to get out of it because all it is doing is bringing you down. If it doesn't make you want to rejoice in the Lord, Vic, you need to get out of it. <laughs> you don't need to stay in it. You don't need to be stuck in the mud. You need to keep moving forward. So I want to. I want to be a part of the change. I want to be what God is saying. So I'm I'm giving you these points because look what Abraham had to do. He had to get out to get in. He had to get out to get repositioned. Who else? Jonah. Oh, here we go. Jonah 1, 1 through 3. Now the word of the Lord came into Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go. Sometimes you just got to arise and go. God will never, if he speaks to you, Dr. Collier, he's not going to say, sit there and just relax. He'll never do that. He'll say, arise and go. Why does he do that? Because there's something he wants accomplished. So look what he said to Jonah, a prophet. He said, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, which was a horrible thing. I won't minister it now, but Nineveh hated the Jews, hated the Hebrews, hated them. He says, I want you to go to that city and cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me. God, sometimes change scares you. Sometimes a change makes you a little uncomfortable, Pat, but God is with you. Now look at this. So he says, I want you to go deal with Nineveh. Go up and speak about that wickedness. But look what verse three says. But Jonah rose up and he, to flee to Tarshish. He said, I'll go to Tarshish and do what you want, God, not to Nineveh. Cause Nineveh is, is scary. Nineveh brings fear into my life. Nineveh represents a lot of things. He had to give of himself to go to Nineveh. Maybe his own life. So he said, I'll go to Tarshish, it'll be an easy ride. How many people know God is not concerned about you having an easy ride? He said, I'll go to Tarshish. Watch the next phrase, from the presence of the Lord. Change doesn't come when you try to get outside of the presence of the Lord. Change doesn't come because you want to go to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. In other words, wherever God has said you to make a decision that you know another place that's better or you can do something that's different that you feel like God will wink at, he'll allow. But look what he said. I'll run from the presence of the Lord and he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish. It's restated, from the what? From the presence of the Lord. So if we're gonna talk about change, Jonah went about it the whole uh, the wrong way because God said, I want you to go to Nineveh, and yet he chose it, chooses Tarshish. Proper change, mark this down, proper change demands proper direction. I could say it this way, correct change demands proper direction. In other words, if you're headed to Tarshish and not to Nineveh, whatever God, if God says go to point A and you say, I'll go to point B, you are, out of, you are out of his will. There will be no positive change. It's going to mess with you, but you're not going to bring change to the people he wants to send you to. Amen. Did you know that God has done, Jesus Christ on the cross has done everything he's going to do. He's given us all power in heaven and earth. Read the Bible. He's given us gifts. He's given us all these things. And all he's expecting us is to take his supernatural power. You say, well, can't God just... Couldn't God just go and an angel speak to Nineveh? Couldn't an angel speak and bring change? Sure it could. Couldn't God just send some mighty host there and change it? Yes, he could. But he expected... A man, his creation to move in faith, to walk in faith, to walk in obedience, to reach the people of Nineveh. And today it's no different. He's looking for a person, man, woman, boy, or girl that will not try to go their own way, but will go God's way to reach his objective. You see, God has an objective? Absolutely. You see, the kingdom of God is paramount. And the way we reflect it is is of vast importance. I want to reflect the kingdom of God. When I walk into a place, I want them to say something's different. You know, you can tell if you've got magnetism in your life. Did you know that? I can go to a restaurant where nobody's in there. Nobody. In the next few minutes, it fills up. I can be in a line waiting for something. I I said to my wife the other day, I said, look at this. Look at this line behind us now. There is a certain thing. I really believe that when you carry the Spirit, you draw people to you. You just draw them. I want everybody in here to be a magnet. You say, man, I want to be a chick magnet. No. You don't need to be a chick magnet. You need to be a magnet that draws people To Jesus Christ. Draw them. You're the salt. You're the light. You're the one that can can bear record of the truth of Jesus Christ. There are people in here that's on the cusp. Right there. Right there on on the brink of doing something phenomenal. I believe that in my heart. I can't wait to hear about it. That God, what God's going to do in your life. Some of you've got some things on the back burner and God says, look, this is a word for somebody here. You've got some things on the back burner and God's saying, take it off the back burner and put it on the front. It's time to start moving in that direction. I don't know who you are. But that's a word for somebody sitting here today that you've let things on the back burner and God said, we're gonna move that to the front burner and you're gonna start accomplishing something. And that goes to my message today, speaking to Abraham, speaking to Jonah. There's something you've got to do. Get out, get up, get up, get going, but go in the right direction and, and, and understand there's things that God wants you to do. There's another man I wanna talk about. He's seeing a burning bush. His name is Moses. In Exodus 3, verse 10, come now, therefore, and I will. Watch what God says to this man. He's already run from Egypt. He's hiding out because he knows they want to kill him. And he's 80 years old. But you do understand that here's a man, he's old, he's wore out, he's been out in the desert, he's tired. He sees a burning bush, which was something that can happen out in the desert. Spontaneous combustion. But the difference was this bush didn't burn up. So he said, let me turn aside and see this thing because that bush isn't burning. Now watch this. God says, come now, therefore, and I will send you. Here we go again. I'm going to say, you won't change. He's out there in the desert worried about his people because he killed a man over his people. Go back to the story in Egypt. He killed a man. Now he's over in Egypt and God's saying, I want you to go back to Egypt where they want to kill you because I want you to, to," watch what he says. Look at it. That you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. That's verse 10. And Moses said unto God, (laughs) say what? Basically, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I? Have you ever said, who am I? What is this all about? You never know how God has raised you up, what you're gonna do. We don't know. I can say that for anybody here. I'm using them now as an illustration. We don't know what God's gonna do for you and what you're going to do for the kingdom. We don't know. All I know is it will be done. Amen. And we may be in a desert and we're crying out for change. I want to, you to be real careful what you cry out for. I need change. I need change. Oh God, I need change. And you might just see a burning bush. In other words, it may take you into a direction where, the, where God speaks into your life and says, I want you to go back to a situation that you didn't want to be involved in at all. I want you to speak to somebody that hates you. I want to speak to somebody that loathes you. I want to speak to somebody that wants to take your life. I'm making this as bad as it can. I can make it sound. In other words, when God speaks that, you, you've got to know He empowers you to do what He's asked you to do. So you want change. Change comes when you hear that voice and you say, Here am I, send me, as the prophet said Isaiah. Here am I, send me. So you want to be a game changer. You want to be a game changer. I do. Then you've got to know as these three that I just mentioned, Abram, Jonah, and Moses, you've got to know who is sending you. Who is sending you? Is it your wife? Is it your husband? Is it your boyfriend? Your girlfriend? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God speaking to you. You say, but I don't know if God talks to me. Yes, he does. I can prove it. Get alone. And just let your mind be clear and start meditating on the Lord and watch. Listen to that still, still small voice. He will speak to you. How many times I've gotten a situation I said, God, I need direction. And he'll just in a still small voice, he'll say, this is the way to go. This is what you need to do. There's some things that a year ago I would not have done. I would not have entertained it. But all of a sudden, the Lord started dealing with me. And when he spoke to me and I heard his voice clearly, I said, okay, Lord, whatever you want, I will do. Whatever you want, I will do. How many people know if you do what he wants, you're going to be blessed like he wants to bless you? You do what he wants, he'll bless you the way he wants to. He will. So I'm going to ask, do you know who's sending you? Do you trust that voice enough to commit and go? Do you trust it enough to commit and go? If you don't trust it enough, then what are we doing? It's called F-A-I-T-H, faith. You have to have faith in that voice that's speaking to you. You say, well, what if I make a mistake? God won't allow it. He'll start taking you. You start moving. It's like an airplane. An airplane on the ground is really worthless, but you get it in the air and just a slight motion, you can move that plane. Am I right? You can move that plane. And that's the way it is with God. You may just get up in the air with God and he says, okay, I see where you're headed. That's not quite where I wanted you. And he'll nudge you and he'll move you in the direction you need to go. Did everybody just hear what I said? He will nudge you in the direction that you need to go. How many people need to be nudged? I don't know about you, but I do. I need to get there. I want to get there. I want to accomplish. I don't want to see failure. Someone said the church of Jesus Christ is failing. No, the church is not failing. People are failing. The church is not failing. There's coming a day where people are going to fight to get into seats to sit in. Sit in church, you wait and see, it's coming. Wait until the government takes away all your money and puts it into into digital coins. So I want to trust that voice enough to commit and go. So what does God want for, for, for this church? For you as individuals? What does he want for us as game changers? Well, we all know we're living in perilous times, and my son touched on that this morning. We're living in perilous times, and darkness is invading our earth. It's invading our lives, our families, our friends. It's invading us. So what does God want? How can we move? How can we be, be the change? Well, this is it. The more darkness encroaches, the more the light of God has to shine. And let me say this. I don't care what, how dark a room is. I don't care if it's so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face. You can take a small little pin light and you can see. It'll make a difference in the room. Am I right or wrong? There's been times I couldn't see nothing. Just have a little bit of light, not, not as powerful as the one on, on your phone. Just a little old pin light and you light it, you can see everything in the room. And I'm just wondering how many people sitting here today can be that pin light. You see, I'm insignificant. I'm gonna show you in a minute, you're not. I'm insignificant, I'm small. Small is not, should not bother you. Here's what should bother you are you turned on or not? Because you see, no matter what light you have, if it's not turned on, you're still standing in darkness. But you turn on that light in your business, in your friends, your family, and something happens. They sense it, they feel it, and they change. What does God want? God has called you not to just to exist, but he has called you to be a light bearer. A light bearer, a power that shakes the darkness in our communities and yes, even our nation. That brings change. A light that does, in fact, bring the change that we want. What are you saying? God has not called us just to have services. Praise God, let's just have more services. If we have more services, we could reach people. No, that's not true. It's not about more services. It's not more services, but it is to serve him and what he wants You see that's when things change When we serve him And what he wants This is vital This is important God is a creator How many people know that? God is a creator and he creates things to grow and not to stay dormant. He's not a God that wants things to stay dormant. What do you mean? Sleeping, dormant, sleeping, resting, alive but not actively growing. I wonder how many people are sitting in churches like this around the world are alive but not growing. Hello? Alive but not growing. Alive but not going. Alive but not achieving anything. That's important, that's important. I wonder how many young couples needs to have someone speak into their life. I wonder how many in our teen group needs people to speak into their life. I wonder how many little children need somebody to speak into their life. They need it. You know, girl, before you snap your fingers a couple of times, a Christian will be a teenager it happens so fast. And whatever you invest into that child now is what he's going to carry for the rest of his life. Am I right, Doc? Whatever you invest in that child now is what he'll carry the rest of his life. So I say to you today, think wisely, make wise choices. Make wise choices. That's why our children are so valuable to me and how we deal with them. God, in the beginning, created the heavens and the earth, and he created the first God-man, Adam. And then from Adam, he brought forth Eve. But then God says something interesting. He said, now that you are there, he said, now watch this. He supernaturally could have made some things happen. But look what he said to them. God said to them, you be fruitful and multiply. You do it. What does that mean? Personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Don't be dormant, watch this, don't be dormant, but take dominion. Don't be dormant, but take dominion. The church and people sitting, you say, well, I want to bring about change. We have brought about a lot of change. We've been, it's been negative though. It's time to turn it to the positive. It's time for the church to be fruitful and multiply and take dominion. So what he's saying for this to happen? We have to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. We have to follow the voice that changes the game. So what do I want from you? What does God want from you? I'm going to close this up here in a minute. He wants you to live each day expecting a miracle. Expect it. Expect it. Expect a miracle. Something good is going to happen to me today. Say that with me. Something good good. is going to happen for me me. today. Today. Now you have to believe that. You have to believe it. So I expect every day to be a miracle. That's called faith. But you don't understand. I'm getting to the point now. I don't think my little pin light is enough. My little match that I can light is enough. I feel so insignificant, so small. First Corinthians 1, 26 through 29. For you see your calling brethren, how not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. You're small, but God has chosen the foolish things. Uh Uh-oh. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God says, watch this. I'll take foolish things and make the wise men fall. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things, the lower things of the world and things which are despised Hath God chosen. Yes, and things which are not, which things are not which things are not to bring to naught those things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Are you hearing this? So you may feel less than nothing. Then I'm going to tell you you're in good company. And let me tell you something. No matter how powerful a pastor, a teacher is or a preacher. I've heard some great ones. I've been involved with some great ones. I've been in some great meetings. Myself, I wish I had some of the old videos, me preaching in some of these other nations. Awesome meetings. It doesn't matter how powerful the voice is behind the pulpit. It's how powerful the voice is in your life. Will you activate upon that which you've heard? That's what's important.